Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sounding podcast. This is your week two of free agency edition. This is Brian joined by John as always. John, how are you doing? What's up? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. It's been an eventful uh, last couple of weeks of free agency, something I wasn't really expecting uh, going into the offseason. No, and and I know you have something else you want to talk about first, but so I'll get into what my kind of funny observation is about. Not funny, but my observation about it is. Um, before we kind of go into talking about each of the signings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But yeah, it's been it's been uh, a lot of stuff to the point where like I always I see like a notification come through on my phone about like breaking news NFL and I'm assuming that the Panthers signed another person. It they is probably signed another point. person. They probably signed another player between the time we recorded this and the time that uh this actually goes up. I hope it's DJ Chark. That would be great. <laughs> But it wouldn't surprise me. No, I mean, like every like every couple of days at this point, there's at least one. Um, even like an hour before we recorded the show, the Panthers agreed to terms with uh, Henry Anderson, which we'll get into later. But I do have a quick aside just before we get into all that. I figure it's best to bring it up in the beginning. But Cam Newton, he popped up on the on the airwaves recently. He is uh, he was throwing today as in Tuesday at the Auburn Pro Day because he claims that there are not 32 more or 32 better players than him at quarterback in the NFL. Thoughts? It's, it's uh fair, fair thing for him to think. I don't know if he, he's maybe 32 or better than him now, but there's definitely not like 75 that are better than him that are on NFL rosters. I think after the draft, you can make the argument that there's 32 spots that he may not be deserving of. At least right. not like give it to him as the starting quarterback type spots, because there's yeah. going to be four quarterbacks taken in the first round, at least three, I would think, but probably four. And that will really shore up a lot of it. But yeah, so Cam decided to go throw at the pro day, which uh, the in, the online inter, uh reaction to it was very interesting because there's a lot of people who were saying that cams washed blah 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 i don't know i i don't know if you even watched any of the spots but he was throwing some 60 yard bombs relatively easily in those uh no, I, yeah I, I didn't really watch much of it i didn't have as much as i like cam not super intrigued in watching him just like kind of throw 
stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not, there's, there's really no situation or scenario where he comes back to Carolina unless, like, there's a calamity in the quarterback room middle like of the season. Year. Like, like yeah. the last time he was here. Yeah, I mean, they already signed Andy Dalton, so they have that that veteran quarterback presence. They're obviously drafting a quarterback somewhere towards the top of the first round. Um, there's the rumors they may trade down. I don't buy into those, but at the same time, they are still plausible, so I will use that aside as well. Matt Corral is, back, is still on the roster. In theory, you'd like to have that third developmental prospect, but there are rumors the Panthers may be willing to deal him, so who knows there, but... The whole thing with Cam is he wants to be a starter. Like it's very clear based on how he's kind of worked ever since leaving care, ever since Carolina cut him, I should say in 2020, he went to the Patriots looking to be a starter. He came back to Carolina, which is more of a PR move, I think on Matt rules part, but yeah, he had a contract on the table in 2022 and didn't take it. So clearly he's trying to jockey for a starting quarterback position. No fault to him, but a lot of people were saying he was washed. Uh, he didn't look very washed in those uh, in those throws in at the Auburn Pro Day. So we'll see if our boy gets him, gets himself a spot somewhere else. But I definitely was interested. It, it was interesting to me that in a league where Nathan Peterman still has a job, PJ Walker just got over the veteran minimum to be a backup elsewhere. That Cam suddenly doesn't belong there. So yeah, I think like I said, I don't know if he can say that like he's a bona fide starter but i definitely think he's like should be a or definitely good enough to be a backup somewhere that in depending on like where he is like someone that can push for a starting job but and i would hope he gets it because like yeah i mean that's where it gets interesting because a team like carolina which once again carolina is not bringing him in it's just not happening no, but he, but um, yeah he, we would be the type of team but we already got our guy in andy dalton and like once you got Andy Dalton, you are set at the quarterback position. Well, even then, like the whole thing with him is just that he's such a strong personality that I feel like a team that like the Texans or the Panthers or like the Colts where they're drafting the in theory next franchise quarterback, you don't bring, bring Cam Newton into that situation. But a team like the Raiders, maybe where Jimmy G is going to be the guy right. this year, you could bring in Cam and see what he's got, you know, so the Saints, the know. Falcons. Yeah, uh, the Bucks. All the rest of the NFC South with our division of quarterbacks. Yeah, um, I mean Cam would f- slide in real well with the Bucks. So. Yeah, but. Um, but alas. Chiefs. Chiefs need a backup. They do, and it wouldn't. I think Pat Mahomes is set enough as the starting quarterback that it wouldn't be a problem. I don't. I don't think anybody's going to be like, "Whoa, they're signing Cam." Do you think he's? You think they are unhappy with Patrick Mahomes? I don't. I don't think that conversation would happen. Yeah, at that point, that's Cam settling to be a backup, and I don't think he's yeah. there yet, or maybe ever will be. Who knows? So, um, no, nah, he probably won't ever will be, but he probably he could. To. Yeah, like if he wants to stay around. Right, like we talked about Andy Dalton last week, like just carve out a niche as the uh the the backup quarterback guy, the backup quarterback like rookie mentor guy, and you can get a few more years out of it. There was one interesting one before we move on, but that uh on the Pat McAfee show they proposed, which was uh going to be backup Justin Fields, someone he already has a relationship with. That I could see working yeah. out. Yeah. But yeah, PJ Walker now. But yeah, get another one. Yeah. 
Yeah, all of the Panthers in there. DJ Moore's there. Yep. DJ Walker's there. Yeah, Cam Cam threw quite a few balls to DJ Moore. So yeah, it's, they, it's the, not the, a bad the chemistry's fit. Over there. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, the best to Cam. I always miss him. So yeah, same. But yeah, we covered quite a few signings last week. Um, but the Panthers continued to have more after that. I don't believe we. I know we covered Hayden Hurst. Um, I don't think we talked about Miles Sanders though. Uh, let me. See. Yeah, let me look at the at the podcast from last week. I have the article up. I don't think he was yeah. officially signed by then. Um, yeah. No. Um, he wasn't officially signed, but I think I want to say he was already. No. I'm we talked sure about we already. We talked about uh, Tuttle, Bell, and Dalton. Okay. So maybe hey, where we they came in like over the top of us with so many other players. Yeah, they really did. Well, we published that show on the fifteenth, but that we would have recorded the night before. And yeah, so it's always been a week. Yeah, so Miles Sanders was Miles Sanders and Hayden Hurst were both announced the day of our podcast being shown. So obviously yep. we missed a few. Um, yep, yep. So that's uh, as I said, that will probably happen again with this episode. That you guys, somebody's listening to this right now with us talking about all these players and us completely oblivious to the fact that we've the Panthers have signed another player that would be worth talking about on the podcast. Right. So thanks, Panthers. Yeah. Thanks a lot for that. Um. So let's start with Miles Sanders. I think he's the biggest signing they've made. Um, 11 touchdowns as an Eagle last year. Uh, he's been, he played for the Eagles for the entirety of his four-year career. Um, been pretty good with them. I, I always thought he was like one of those, you know, running backs by committee where he was doing pretty well just because the Eagles offensive, offensive line was so good. But last year was really good for a running yeah. back like him. Um, Obviously has the familiarity with Frank Reich. Supposedly Deuce Staley was the one who really pushed for this to happen, which props on Deuce Staley. Everyone I talked to uh, in the Pennsylvania area, when I mentioned that they have Deuce Staley, they're like, oh, yeah, they have Deuce Staley. That's awesome. And they like all I hear is great things about him as far as being a coach. So, yeah. But, yeah, the Panthers signed uh, Miles Sanders to a four-year, $25.4 million contract. So right after trading away Christian McCaffrey after paying him, they paid another running back. Now. Yeah, yeah, but that's not quite exactly the same thing. Like They're, they're paying Miles Sanders over four years, but they're giving McCaffrey in like one and a half. Not only that, two. but as a lot of the deals have been structured for the higher-level players they've signed, it's mostly... You set, you hear, you see four year deal, but this is most likely a two to maybe three year deal. They can, mm-hmm. they can cut ties with him in twenty twenty five, pick up six million cap space, and they only have two point nine dead against the cap. Like yeah. so, for these first two years, they have no real incentive to cut him. But why would you? He's only like twenty six, twenty seven. He's 25 he's 20, right now. 25, he'll be 26, yeah, so. he'll, he'll be 26 when the season starts, yeah. Yeah, so that's that's still kind of prime career years for a running back. Um, I think this is a really good transition for him because he went from probably the best offensive line in the NFL with the Eagles, or it's in the conversation, to not necessarily an elite offensive line with the Panthers, but an offensive line that's very much trending upwards. Um, they also re-signed Bradley Bozeman to a three-year deal. 
since the last show we did. So oh. they retained all five starters from last year. Yeah, I do. Oh, real quick, but before I get we go into all the signings, what I was gonna say. Uh, remember when Dave Gettleman was our GM, and we thought it was so. Uh, and when we were in like the honeymoon phase, and we're yeah. like, "Look at this guy, so patient, so frugal, so shrewd, chasing the deal, getting the deals," because he would like only sign players like two weeks after free agency started, and no one, and just like picked up the scraps that no one else wanted. And yes. because at the time we were trying to like justify that he was good, um, especially because the Panthers you know, went to the Super Bowl pretty quickly and stuff. And we're like, that's just good business. And then fast forward, uh, you know, eight years or whatever. And the Panthers are just like signing good players very quickly and not spending a lot of money. And it's like, oh, you mean you can just negotiate good contracts at the start? Because <laughs> the other uh, alternative we had was Marty Herney, who like, he's like, I feel like we had two opposite ends of the spectrum, right? Like it was like Dave Gettleman who for the most part was like, yeah, we just use our money to sign like a bunch of washed up players that no one else wants for like a million dollars. And then Marty Herney that was like, we're going to spend all of our cap space on one player to fix all of our problems. And then, <laughs> and then we, now we're here and I'm like, I, cause I can't remember uh, any off season where the Panthers have signed so many players that were for reasonable contracts, like small contracts that were also like worth getting excited about. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. And the one thing that we have working in our favor now is David Tepper has a lot of money he can spend. Um, just for example, with Miles Sanders, he, he gave him um, a $5.9 million signing bonus, which is 20% of his contract. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that's kind of that's that's always going to work in the Panthers' favor because when the players are getting that much up front, that's always good. And I know Jerry Richardson wasn't always huge on rest. God rest his soul, by the way, but um, on on giving those kind of bonuses because you know David Tepper's a hedge fund manager. Um, so yeah, but it's still it is definitely uh, very weird. Like the number of times I'd have people message me and be like, "Holy shit!" Like they signed this person to this person. It's like. Oh, like that would have never happened back in the day. Like, right. Where like Miles Sanders, that was one I would have never expected. Like I fully expected him to get a good deal. And this is, I'd say this is a good deal for him and a good deal for the Panthers. I mean, he's got 13 million guaranteed at signing. That's over half of his contract. And he's got six, he's pocketing about 6 million right up front. So good deal for him, not breaking the bank, but yeah, it's, it is just nice to hear, like, oh, the Panthers signed this person that I that my team really want. Darn. Like, where with Dave right. Gettleman, that wasn't the case, or with Marty Herney, it was like, uh, I mean, Matt Khalil might have been all right, uh, you know. Yeah, but, it's yeah, with Marty Herney, it felt more like, oh, I guess. Like, I, I, I wanted that guy, but I, I mean, I'm, no way we're going to match what the Panthers gave him. So. Yeah, I'll never forget having to justify... Drayton Florence and Captain Munerlin as their top corners for right. <laughs> 2000, 2013. I want to say it was like that was yeah. that was interesting. Um, yeah, so it's it's like I said, it, and I I guess we've just been conditioned this way from the past. But like, I thought this offseason was going to be like resign Bozeman, resign Foreman, and mm -hmm. a couple other guys, and then sign like I don't know a couple of bit players. But it's just like oh no, we're actually like building a strong 
Now, I don't know if the Panthers will be good and we'll go through all the button, but like they're building enough of a, a roster where it's like, oh, like they're actually filling up weaknesses and not over committing to it. On paper, they're making all the right moves. Um, right. And it all started with them just going ham on the coaching search where they just signed every single good like advisor they could to these right. young coaches. And yeah, it's very clear that they're being a lot more methodical and not letting, it's not necessarily about, it's not the same thing as the Matt rule thing where it was just Matt rule signs, all his former temple and Baylor players, you know, right. Like just getting the band back together from when he was in college. Like, no, this is them being very calculated. And yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm right. happy about it. Yeah. I am anyway, very happy. But um, to circle back to Miles Sanders. Yes. Good, good running back. Did not even know he was like a possibility. Um, and I'm interested to see kind of how the Panthers use him because his rookie season, he was like a like a three down back, like receiving back. Like he had a pretty heavy number of targets relative to total touches. And mm-hmm. then he that he got phased out of that part of the game uh, over the course of his time in Philadelphia. And I just got him, you know, and his number, his like receiving numbers were good that rookie season. So I wonder if the Panthers plan to use him more like his rookie year than what we've seen recently. Most of the Eagles fans I've talked to have said that they didn't really understand why he was phased out of the receiving game. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the one thing that's nice about this signing is that I have plenty of people I can ask about Miles Sanders up in Pennsylvania. Um, But yeah, I mean, he had 50 catches for 500 yards and three touchdowns as a rookie. Like that's a lot. Yeah. And the power rushing scheme seems to be a really good fit for him because that's what the the Eagles ran. They almost ran like a like a variation of what the Panthers did in 2015, and yeah. that's what the Panthers' offensive line is built to do right now. I mean, Bozeman is a more of a power power rushing blocker. Obviously, Aquani was more rushing forward when he was brought in from college. Um, Taylor Moten always a bruiser there, so it's a good fit for sure. Now. I don't feel like they're they're done with running backs. I mean, I like Chuba Hubbard. I think he showed out a bit uh, towards the end of last season. Uh, Raheem Blackshear also showed out, but I think that another running back draft pick or maybe a bruiser type is coming at some point in free agency. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I mean, I would be cool with them drafting somebody late in the draft. I mean, they won't have any late picks, but uh, yeah. yeah I don't, yeah, I don't know if the Panthers will be interested in paying like too much money, but yeah, no. just like uh, someone that's like a vet that you can take sign for like the minimum or close to it, and then or just draft somebody or pick up a priority UDFA, um, right to to fill the gap, yeah, or fill the void. Yep, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of room there. This is a, supposedly a very deep running back draft, so yeah, we'll see what happens there, but. And running back might be my favorite position to draft just because, like, they're fun to watch. Like, running backs are fun to watch, like, highlight tapes of. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they get heavy touches, other than quarterback, I guess. Um, heavy touches on offense, so you get to, like, see them play the most. Right. So, there's that part of fun. That's There's that part of the fun, too. Yeah, and the nice thing is that this person, whoever they draft, doesn't have to be anything more than maybe RB3. So... Right. Those are always the fun guys where you get to see them get like a couple carries a game. You're like, look at you go, buddy. <laughs> right. Um, but moving on, 
The Panthers also signed tight end Hayden Hurst, which I don't know if you remember this, John, but he was in the conversation for the Panthers' first-round pick in 2018. I remember that, and then I remember thinking, please, God, no, he's 26 years old. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's not do that. Yeah, yeah, that was <laughs> that was interesting. Um, <laughs> we got, was it 2018? That would have been DJ Moore, right? Yes. Yeah. So we got more instead, um, which was, you know, a much better draft. Literally, literally the pick before. Yeah. Yeah. So Hayden Hurst moved, made his way around the league. Uh, not like you're the Ravens, thousand... the Ravens also picked Hayden Hurst before they picked Lamar Jackson. That's hilarious. I didn't, I forgot about that completely. <laughs> Fun fact. Wow. That's hilarious. But yeah, Hurst has never been like a thousand yard receiver. His most, uh, Receiving yards and touchdowns uh, came with the Falcons in 2020. 571 yards on 56 receptions, six touchdowns. Seems just to be more of that sure-handed tight end type, um, which you need people like that. I mean, Cam Newton had Jeremy Shockey when he was uh, a rookie, and I'm assuming they were they're, they're probably around the same age. Uh, Jeremy Shockey to Hayden Hurst now. Hayden Hurst, I think Shockey was older, but Hayden Hurst does have some Jeremy Shockey vibes, just like as a person too. Yeah, he's hilarious. Um, oh. but reliable tight end to bring into the tight end room—a tight end room where Ian Thomas, who also took a three million dollar pay cut to remain with the team this year, is back. To obviously, they have Tommy Tremble, and they're going to figure out who works best with their restricted free agents with Giovanni Ricci and Stefan Sullivan, though tight end might be second or third round pick this year. So we'll see what happens there, but a veteran tight end with sure hands is always a rookie quarterback's best friend. So I am happy with the signing. I don't feel like they overpaid for him. I'll pull up his contract real quick just to confirm my suspicions. Um, I mean, I think it's probably a safe assumption because I think all the contracts that the Panthers have signed have been fair. Like, yeah, for the most part, they've been they haven't really overpaid anyone. I think like you could make the argument they overpaid for Miles Sanders just because he's a running back, but I still think it was pretty team friendly. Um, yeah. yeah. So Hayden Hurst, three years, twenty one point seven five million. Um, they gave him six point one seven in signing bonus. Once again, thanks, David Tepper. That's a third of the contract, basically. <laughs> um, so this year, his cap hits only $3 million. Next year, his, com- his cap hit jumps to $10 million. Um, they could still cut him if they really wanted to next year. It would only save them, like, less than a million. But then 2025, once again, they could just get, get out of that, get $6 million back, and go from there. That's his age 32 season. So Every contract's been structured, like, exactly the same way. Yeah, it's it's like it's like small base salary this year, big signing bonus, and then like a third year with like a ton of cap savings. That's essentially there just to spread out the signing bonus. Right, and the nice thing is that they can always spread even more of that out with like void years and stuff because that's what they like to do. So, but yeah, I'm very happy that the Panthers found a veteran tight end that they can rely on in the as a receiver. Now, they still need to find wide receivers, which we'll get to that in a little bit. But um, the next signing that came up, that this was also on the 15th, so they made three signings in one day, was <laughs> defensive lineman Deshaun Williams from the Broncos. 
Started 15 games for Evero's 3-4 defense in Denver. Um, he was a defensive end in the 3-4. So they got him real cheap. He was less than $2 million for a one-year contract, which for a guy who's probably going to be starting is very good. Yeah, and yeah, I don't really know much about him, but like, I don't know. I can't. He said very little commitment and also like the experience is invaluable. And um, he, it, it, like the Panthers needed depth on the front. We like talked about that last week after the shy Tuttle signing. And it feels like the Panthers have been a long time where they had like a veteran depth, right? It's always been like one veteran guy that's pretty good. And then a bunch of just kind of young guys since Matt rule was here. Right. Right. Yeah. And Derek Brown. Yeah. I'm sure the fact that Ejiro Evero is around as well for their defensive line is very good because he's he was very well uh, looked upon at, in coaching circles last year. Um, funny enough, Deshaun Williams is actually coming off his best season as a pro. He had four and a half sacks and eight quarterbacks hit, hits last year. Um, but really just a move to kind of give them that flexibility on the front seven to have that base defense where they're playing guys who actually, you know, belong in the three, four defense, as far as like the defensive line, Derek Brown will play opposite him on the other side. So you just needed to strengthen the barracks. So while we're even talking about him, just because it kind of fits in the conversation, the Panthers shortly before we recorded the show actually re-signed Henry Anderson, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Yeah, he's more of a three, four defensive end as well. So they're definitely, that's three signings at the same relative position over the course of the offseason with Tuttle, Williams, and now Henry Anderson re-signed to a one-year deal. So loading up on those interior defensive linemen, I like it a lot. Yeah, and Henry Anderson came on pretty strong kind of near the end of last year. I know he's not like a young player or anything, but he kind of seemed to find his groove in Carolina second he, half of last season, maybe. He had a stroke midway through last season. Um, He missed five or six games. Uh, They eased him in a little bit towards the end, but he played his highest percentage of snaps the last game of the season. Before that, though, he played about 25% to 30% of the snaps as a defensive lineman, and that was on a roster that already was lacking defensive line depth. Like, even just now, looking at their team, I mean, they have more depth there than they did last year. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's with... I was just say that's that's without the rest of the offseason being done. I'm sure there's going to be more moves there as well. But anyway, continue. Yeah, and I was just saying, yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I um, like statistically there isn't any difference, and but I just I feel like I remember I noticed some more of those last those last few games, um, mm-hmm. down the stretch when the Panthers were kind of winning a little bit. Yeah, if you look at his stats, you don't see anything impressive, but I do remember him flashing and making some getting some penetration yeah. and stuff towards the end as well. And right. It'll be easier if your offense is scoring points for people like him to <laughs> to make plays. So. Yeah. Rotate, yeah. Get get a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um real quick, Deshaun Williams, just want to point out, I don't know if you noticed this or if you knew this, but um the 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 perseverance is pretty cool. Um, he signed with the with the Bengals as an undrafted free agent. Um, appeared in four games for them in 2016, and then did not play an NFL game again until 2020. Oh wow, that's quite a commitment. 
Yeah, like he bounced around a bunch. Like he went to the Broncos, Dolphins, Colts, Broncos, played in Canada, and then back to the Broncos. And then finally in 2020, he was able to break through uh, to the active roster um, early in the season. Like he got cut again in 2020, but then he got promoted um, to the active roster from the practice squad in 2020. So yeah, dude, other than like that little stint when he was a rookie, basically was like, Almost a 28 year old rookie with Denver. Uh, Damn. So good for him. I became didn't a know starter. That. Yep, and then became a starter pretty regularly there. So yeah, cool, cool little little lesson in perseverance there from from Deshaun. Yeah. No, I mean you kind of have you kind of have to be in the NFL. There's tons of players where they come on late yeah. in their careers. So yeah, he played we'll fifty. He played fifty. He played fifty-seven snaps in 2016. So like. The, the very definition of like a cup of coffee <laughs> yeah. went, went four years basically without playing in the NFL without playing, you know, he was like on active or like on practice squads and got cut and stuff a bunch, but then broke out in 2020 and played 40, 436 snaps for the Broncos. And it was like basically a key contributor from that point on. Well, the nice, the big thing too, that's huge with him is that it wasn't, just that he played 15 or he started 15 games for the Broncos. He started 15 games for a very good Broncos defense. About the oh, only yeah. positive, the only positive they had from last year because Russell Wilson right. made that offense so incredibly unwatchable. Um, right. So, yeah, no, very good for him. I'm happy that Evero was able to bring him over as well. Clearly, there's that familiarity, and guy like him definitely is going to have some veteran uh, advice for the people around him as well. Um, before we move on to the next signing too, just a real quick thing I wanted to point out. I do like that the Panthers are not blowing up the defense and instead building the defense, building around the pieces they already have. So it's, it seems like that's what they're doing is they're just sliding pieces in that are going to help enhance who they already have between guys like Derek Brown, Frankie Louvu, Shaq Thompson, Jeremy Chin, JC Horn. Like they're, they're doing a very good job of that. I think. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, as opposed to yeah, like you said, as opposed to just being like, well, new new staff, new new team, just like we got good people here, right? Yeah, we do, we sure do. Um, keeping to the terms of the tr- or keeping with the uh, I or with the topic of the trenches, we have the Panthers signed offensive lineman Justin McRae, who was played who played for on two different teams for James Campen, their current offensive lineman coach who was retained from the Matt Rule era. So that guy's played every single offensive line position in his career. So depth signing to replace the fact that they got rid of uh, Pat Elfline, I would think. Yeah. Nothing really super exciting about it. They got him cheap as well. Um, But you need those depth guys. Yeah, I can't wait for him to get pressed into action at some point during the season. And then people complain that the backup offensive lineman that was signed to be a backup is not very good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like the current depth is Sam Tecklenburg, Cade Mays, and I guess Deontay Brown's still on the roster, even though I don't know if he'll be sticking around very long. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of need people like him, but we'll see. So. Yeah. You know what I mean? No one, no backup offensive lineman has ever been good in the history of the NFL. No. Um, so no. like, and then they get put into action and they're bad. And then people are like, can't wait to cut this piece of human garbage. And it's just like I mean, offensive line. I think I think these people just have unrealistically high expectations for like good offensive line play. 
Well, um, we were spoiled by Fernando Velasco, if you remember him. Yeah. That's a, he was, that's, that's, a, that's a throwback. That's, yeah, he, he stepped in for Ryan Khalil, played admirably, stepped in for Trey Turner, played admirably. But that guy was also, like, ha- made a career out of being a starter before he became a backup, too, so. Yeah. It's yeah, okay, it's though. just, it's one of, yeah. But no, like, yeah, it's, it's, that's good signing. Sign an offensive lineman that could play lots of offensive line positions. Probably yeah. worse than you would like, but also better than, like, most people could. Most players could. Yep. Yep, and as a veteran, that will always help out guys like Brady Christensen. Yeah. Because he's a rookie, and first year as a guard in quite a I don't think he ever played guard in college, so a guy like him can certainly help out there. Yeah, and he's in a similar situation. Like, he started his career as a tackle and then played more interior uh, offensive line more recently. Mm Mm-hmm. Before we get into the most recent, well, it's not the most recent signing, but the most recent one that I think is exciting, uh, let's talk about Dante Jackson a little bit. He ended up restructuring and gave up a $4 million uh, roster bonus to give the Panthers some extra money, and he's coming off an Achilles injury. He's a very maligned player at this point, (laughs) so I don't know what your thoughts are on him. Uh, He's fine. Like He's good. Right, I, I just, I don't know. My Most whole, players are maligned at this point, I think. So, Yeah, a lot of the holdovers from the Matt Rule era are, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I mean, Dante Jackson, when he's on and healthy, is fine. Um, is he aggressive? Does he give up some big plays? Yes, absolutely. Much better than C.J. Henderson, though. C.J. Henderson yeah. just sucks. Let's just be real. Um, but Jackson will be coming back. Uh, he, he's still young. And an Achilles injury nowadays is not necessarily a death knell on your career. However, there are concerns that he won't be able to recover it from it, at least this year to start. But the Panthers, I mean, I haven't heard Scott Fitterer mention the corners being a need at all this offseason. I really feel like they're just going to roll with that group and maybe maybe draft a guy in the mid-rounds to replace C.J. Henderson slash Keith Taylor. But who the fuck really knows? I mean, it seems like they're really more set on addressing the positions where there's a glaring need. Like the defensive line was obviously that they still could use an edge rusher. They needed the tight end. They still need wide receivers. They needed some depth on the offensive line. They needed running backs. So seems like corners kind of taking a, uh, a back seat as far as being a need. And they're just going to bank on that Dante. You can come back and be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it's not as, I mean, it's still pretty obviously way up there on the list of injuries you'd never want to have happen but it's not it's not like this the the end of a career like it used to be or like a, it, you can get back to being roughly the same athlete as you were before from an Achilles injury right so, yeah it's certain it is um, possible so yeah and kudos I guess to him and Ian Thomas for like agreeing I don't know kind of what the you know, motivate, like, I don't know what the Panthers, like how the, that was what the kind of like give or take was in that situation. But like, generally speaking, they don't, players don't have to agree to these things. So. Yeah. Let me look at now that, now that you mentioned that, I don't even, let me look at this contract now and see what it looks like. Um, that's not what I wanted spot track. Um, So, 
Oh, this doesn't even have his, re- have his reflected roster bonus on it yet. Okay, well, never mind then. I'll just fuck off. Um, I would assume what happens is that it means that in 2024, he's harder to cut. That's my guess. Um, yeah. But we'll see. So, the fun one of the last week was Adam Thielen. I like that one a lot. That's Yeah, that's, that's a... Um... What you call it good signing there, I think. There were a lot of people saying they paid him too much. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I am that, not one of those that... because he is a former Pro Bowl receiver. And again, Brian, they struck. He's making Tory Smith money. No one has ever complained about a wide receiver making that much money. <sighs> yeah, no one's ever complained about a receiver making <laughs> that kind of money. Never. Mm mm. I can't remember a single person complaining about Torrey Smith making $5 million in a season for the Panthers. His first season, his yearly cash is $10 million. Now, granted, his signing bonus was $8 million. Um, beyond that, it goes down. Now, they did build in some void years. So after 2025, they have $3.3 million against the cap in 2026 and $1.6 million against the cap in 2027. Um, but overall... Not terrible. I mean, the guy has 300 targets over the last three years and over 30 touchdowns over the last three years. Now, the majority the majority of those touchdowns came in 2020, but he also played second fiddle to Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson for the last several years of his career. So, is Adam Thielen just a young breakout receiver and waiting? He's just been stuck behind guys like Stephon Diggs and and uh, Justin Jefferson. I don't know about the young part. He's 32. But, yeah. <laughs> that, was the, um, that was the joke part. Gotcha. <laughs> but now, I mean, they needed a veteran wide receiver. Like, they don't have one. They just don't. They Terrace Marshall was heading into the season being the de facto wide receiver one. Shai Smith, probably wide receiver two. LaVisca Chenault, probably wide receiver three. Like, they needed him. And yeah. they could still end up signing DJ Chark, which if they end up with Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Terrace Marshall – uh, LaVisca Chenault and Shai Smith, along with maybe a drafted receiver, they, they they may not be in bad a bad space. Yeah, that feels like what we say about most of their positions right now. Like, there's nowhere that's like elite, but like, oh, that's, you know, they got a lot of they got some guys there. Like, they can they can yeah. make it work. I think Thielen is good enough where another team's quarterback one will match up with him, and yeah, he'll still do okay. So. Yeah, like yeah, I'm not expecting him to come in and be like a twelve, like a twelve hundred, thirteen hundred yard receiver, but like he's good enough within a committee of decent wide receivers that the Panthers can make it work. He did apparently say that he does feel Carolina could win a Super Bowl. I thought that was interesting. I appreciate his optimism. I do too. Not, um, I don't know how realistic he is, but yeah. I mean, if their quarterback comes in and you know is pretty good, then fine. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Yeah, Andy Dalton. I, I mean, <laughs> Dalton. Dalton is known for finding those receivers he pairs up well with, and we'll yeah. see. So he's going to have a nice uh, big running question, game. So. Big question uh, that I thought of when I saw that we had uh, the Panthers side Adam Thielen. What color gloves is he going to wear and shoes? Because he always wore the yellow, which I thought was a good look, with the, the yellow cleats and yellow gloves with the Vikings. Do we, do we go electric blue or do we go white? I mean, he could go the real cool route and go with like the uh, the Panthers orange eye look on the on the gloves. Oh. <laughs> That'd be pretty that, cool. I, uh, NFL won't allow that because it's not like a licensed team color. 
Well, they could, I'm sure David Tepper can pull some strings. You know, you know, he's got money. If there's one thing Roger Goodell will not bend, it's the rules for uniforms. True. <laughs> like you got guys paying thousands of dollars because of their socks. Like let's 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 be real here. Roger Fine. Goodell will not stand will not stand for uniform modifications. I think I'm going to go with the dark horse here, and I'm going to say he's going to wear black black gloves just to just to kind of go the the the, the alternate route. Full on yeah, black I'm gonna gloves. Get, I'm thinking electric blue, which I would that would be my move. Yeah. Except for the days, except for the games, the Panthers wear the blue. Then you got to go with like black or white, probably mm-hmm. white. Um, just because you want the gloves and cleats to pop with some contrast to the rest right. of the uniform. Yeah, That's and he knows how to do that. Him. Yeah, yeah, that's always his thing. So, but yeah, I'm excited for Adam Thielen. Just uh, it'll really just depend on his chemistry with the with the quarterback they end up taking. So, but overall, right. not... he seems like a an easy uh, like a good fit for a guy that like as as a as a veteran receiver for a young quarterback, right? Like in the right spot. Um, usually rely like sure-handed and uh you know like a very reliable like trusty wide receiver even if he's not super explosive at this point yeah somebody brought up jericho cotry and i think that was a very good yeah uh, that's comparison a good because that's yeah, what jericho cotry was at the end of his career with the panthers he was just the guy who caught it at the line of at the the first down or close to it and got the first down i very much think that can be Thielen, and yeah. that's that's a perfectly viable role for a rookie quarterback. <laughs> yeah. The only thing maybe has a little bit higher ceiling than Kachar did, but yes. Yeah, oh no, he absolutely does. But I think that's the right. role he's going to play is the right. guy who will just, just get open, get, get the first down so that they can play another down. Yeah. So, but I'm sure he'll still get some passes down the field. I mean, whoever the Panthers draft is going to be able to, to fl- fling the ball, I would think. So yeah, we'll see. But, I'd be real excited about the wide receiver core if DJ Shark is signed too. Um, just because, like, neither like Thielen's was very, very good, obviously, and is you know on the downside of his career, so not the guy he was for. And Shark is like, they're both like number two guys, but I feel like if you have like three or four number two guys, it's like almost as good as having a average one guy. Well, not even just that; it's a complementary skill set because DJ Shark is right. a lot more explosive. Um, and he's a taller guy as well. Where Thielen, yeah, I think he's is taller, but in... he's kind of tall for no reason. But yeah, he's tall. <laughs> you mean like Lavisca Chenault, also just tall for no reason? Yes. Um, yeah. Um, but I think that with Thielen settling into a more like veteran receiver role, Chark is someone where he's his main issue has always been that he's been getting that he doesn't stay healthy. Where yeah. With that complementary skill set, you can introduce more across the board. And obviously, they'll still have guys like Abisca Chenault who bring that explosive element um, in the short in the short yardage areas. So if they manage Plus, to sign them both, I would be very happy with this offseason, though I would still want them to draft a wide receiver because I yeah. I don't I don't I don't I feel like I don't like Shy Smith at this point. <laughs> I, I I I have hope for Shy, but yeah, I'm not like I'm not like, oh, we don't need to worry about wide receiver because Shai Smith is here. Yeah, also, I we mean, could just get the 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 Jaguars like 2020 wide receiver room back together. You know, that famous. <laughs> that would be hilarious, yeah, actually. 2020. <laughs> like, where's DD Westbrook right now? Yeah. Keelan Cole's around. Like, there's like just get the whole band back together. 
get them all back together. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, oh yeah, so Shy Smith, his uh, the thing that bothered me was the gate. There was a, I think it was the second game. It was the game against the Giants where he was targeted like six or seven times, and he just fucked up oh. almost every single one of them. And yeah. Because I, I directly blamed him for that game because he should have caught at least three of those targets that he should that that was thrown his way. And that was the game where I was on the podcast after I was being like, why the fuck did we throw the ball to Shai Smith so many times? Because we still had Robbie slash Robbie with an IE slash Chosen Anderson. We still had DJ Moore. And I was like, why did this guy get seven targets for, over yeah. everybody else? So that just rubbed me the wrong way because he wasn't like he wasn't open. It was just... He got open and he dropped the ball or he didn't catch it or whatever. And that's those are the he kind did. of things where I'm like, eh. He did half the job. It reminds me of my favorite thing I ever heard as a wide receiver uh, when Pierre Garçon was a young player early in his career. And I remember there was a, a broadcaster, like a, com- a play with like or a color commentator was like, yeah, he doesn't run the best routes. He doesn't have the best hands. But other than that, he's a real good receiver. I'm like, what, what else is there left to do? <laughs> so, so, so two of the three things that are miss, that are that you right, need to be a right. wide receiver. It's like, uh, like, right. It's like, I don't, that's like you just said the job description. I don't know what's left. He's fast. It's like, cool. But. And that's, I, I mean, Ted like Ginn was the same way. He didn't run the same, yeah. the best routes. He, he never didn't have the best hands. But God, was he fast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Athleticism will get you far if you can't do anything else well. Yeah. I mean, not always, but it can. <laughs> if you're athletic enough. Mm-hmm. Ted Ginn definitely not, not, was. Yeah. Garcon, not so much. <laughs> no. He, I mean, he ended up be, becoming good. He was always fine. I mean, between the Colts and uh, the the Washington Redacteds. Um, yeah. You know. Washington was his. Yeah, he had 1,300 yards. In yeah, he was, he was pretty good for him. I remember having him in fantasy and being pleased, so... I love. I, I always love when I use the measuring stick of a receiver's success as being on my fantasy team and doing okay. That's. that's I mean, that's. I, I think that's how most people judge offensive football. Mm-hmm. Was like, I recognize that guy for fantasy football, and how many points he scored, which is yeah, not I've... wrong. Like yeah, it's a generally I mean... a, a generally accurate way, I think, to 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 kind of gauge like how good a player was at certain points. It's a quantitative way to evaluate how involved in the game plan they were. Exactly. Yep. Hope you liked my use of the word quantitative for your It was. It was content. the word of the podcast. Yep. <laughs> the word of the podcast. Now we just need the music to, the music <laughs> and the fireworks in the background. Um, yeah. But yeah, the Panthers signed a wide receiver. I want more. <laughs> I want shark. I want another one on top of that. So, yeah, we'll see what I, happens. I, I mean, if, if if shark follows the the same timeline as Thielen, he'll have signed by like the re- time this episode's out or shortly thereafter. Because Thielen was here for a visit. Uh, it happened. It was like the day we did this podcast last week because it happened like right before we got on to talk, and then uh, he didn't sign till what Sunday. So no, he, uh, yeah, he, he broke the news on the Pat McAfee show actually, which was hilarious. Um, he, uh, he signed on, uh, the 19th. So yeah, two days ago. So that would have been Sunday. Yeah. 
So yeah. So and then when was Shark? When did Shark visit? That was Friday, I believe. So yeah, yeah. We're like, uh, yeah. Wednesday sounds about right for him to sign. I mean, the Lions could make a strong play to bring him back, but I mean, it ah, sounds like just... at least at least, I, it sounds like with Adam Thielen, they gave him, they threw the deal out there and said, "Here's the deal, take it or leave it, or think about it." And he thought about yeah. it over the weekend. Then then he texted Pat Mac Pat McAfee and said, "You want to break some news?" And so maybe that's the deal is that we just have to maybe the hopefully Scott Fitterer said, "Hey." By the way, you can break this on the Pat McAfee show if you want. Maybe that's, find maybe that's your the... closest friend in media and give them the scoop. Mm-hmm. And then that that be how we that be how we do it. Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy. I do with enjoy that. Pat McAfee just being a newsbreaker now because like he's got so many friends. My favorite like, thing it... too is he loves it. Is he appreciates it so much? Like he actually said yeah. that he spent like he waited five minutes after Thielen texted him, went on Twitter and stuff to make sure it wasn't breaking anywhere else, and then texted him back and said, "What's up, dude?" and <laughs> and got to break the news like i enjoy that like he really does appreciate the game of being an insider even though he's not an insider well at least he's no right he's, he's, he's just starting like, to be one but yeah he's it's like it's funny because like adam schefter and uh and ian rapaport get these scoops because they like build these relationships with like agents and team personnel and stuff and pat mcafee's just like yeah i'm just boys with everybody in the nfl and they like to tell me their stuff pretty much they, like, they yeah think, it's they actually... think it's funny they think it's funny that I break the news. Yeah, it was hilarious that then Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter were both breaking the news because of Pat McAfee. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I love when 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 non-traditional in, like people break news and the insiders, you know, it kind of hurts them a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Adam Schefter seems cool, so he might probably didn't care as much. But like the ba- especially the basketball guys. Uh, Shams and Woj, like I, I know it like hurts their soul when someone like beats them to a scoop, especially when it's someone that doesn't care. Yeah, like it, someone like, like Pat McAfee is like, already making millions Ugh. of dollars off his show and doesn't need to be an insider, yeah. <laughs> right? And it's like as first reported by like Barstool Sports or something gross, like Jesus, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, like or like Bleacher Report, which I did it first, whatever. And they like mutter to themselves like. Yeah, they, because they, like some team about, signed, like, they, they hesitate for a second, hit send on that tweet. Yeah, <laughs> they like yeah, and they're all yeah, all mad because some team signed like a backup wide, like a, a third string wide receiver that they didn't get the report from first. Yeah, when it's all strange. when in it's all strange. reality, it was probably just that the agent owed somebody a favor and and sent yeah. it to them instead. <laughs> yeah. Very strange industry, strange personality required to like really be a hardcore newsbreaker. Yeah, I know I everybody. Say I... Everybody, everybody like no. Everybody likes to be the guy that like tells people things they didn't know, right? Like, if you see something on Twitter and you haven't heard your friends talk about it yet, you want to be like, "Hey, everybody, I know something you don't." Let me breaking news, and you tell them. Like, everybody likes to be that guy, but to like make your career out of that, like you really, you really got to chase that high. A fun little aside there. I've I've always been that guy with because uh, I'm the so- obviously the social media coordinator, so I usually just know things from shit posting on Twitter, you know, most of the day. And uh, this entire off season, there have been like maybe one or two moves where I found out about them on Twitter myself first. It was generally my brother or my fantasy football chat texting me and saying, Oh, look who the Panthers signed. And I'm like, what the fuck? Right. Like, yeah, (laughs) that was my thing. That was my thing. Like the first overall pick, as I said, didn't find out about it until someone tagged me several times in our group chat. 
uh, Miles Sanders. I had an Eagles fan text me, like, "What the fuck? You signed Miles Sanders?" And I was like, "We signed Miles Sanders." That's what right. Yeah. yeah, that was that's been how I've been getting most of my news is uh, like seeing you guys like getting Slack notifications of you guys talking about it. I'm like, wait, what do we do? Yeah, and, which is funny because most of the time I will share something in the Slack chat saying this happened, and I didn't hear from it. I didn't just hear about it from Twitter. It was usually somebody else being like, "Oh, the Panthers did this." What do you think of yeah, that? I'm well, like, I didn't know they did that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you get to be the newsbreaker for the rest of the the team. Mm-hmm. They're not as online as you are. That's true. You need to delete or connected to people that are online online as you. Yeah, you're gonna delete the segment. That way, the rest of the Slack chat never knows. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I don't do that. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, anyway, anything else you'd like to cover for this podcast before the Panthers sign somebody else before this comes up? No, I think we need to just like end the show before anybody else signs. And then we got like, yeah. you know, we look way out of date. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll have plenty more. Yep. With the receiver market moving as slow as it has. And uh, I'm sure there'll be a linebacker somewhere. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I feel like linebacker is like the only position we haven't signed anybody to yet. No. Like, like if you if you talk in more general terms, right? Like, if you just say like offensive line, defensive line, secondary, you know what I mean? Because I know we haven't signed like a corner and stuff, but like we've signed players at like every level of every side of the ball except for linebackers. Literally, linebacker and corner is the only two, aside from yep. special teams, which they don't. Yeah. Know. Right. But we we signed a safety, so like we've signed somebody in the secondary. So if you want to mm-hmm. like like I said, depends on how you lump them. They're not the but. same position, John. All They're right. not, but that's why I said if you speak in more general terms, like if we talk in terms of like levels of the defense and offense, then don't invalidate those corners, John. We've we've covered it. We also have yeah, we've covered like all our bases. Mm-hmm. So, well, anyway, from all of us here at the Keep Sounding podcast, this is Brian joined by John. As always, we'll have more coverage as it comes up for the foreseeable free agency future. Hopefully it'll continue to be fun. And we'll have some draft uh, knowledge for you as we get closer and figure out a little, or at least hone in on who the Panthers may be drafting. Stay tuned, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk to you soon. See you.